The word beguile means to lead astray. Satan is trying his best to lead as many astray that he can today. He wants to cruelly seduce any and every soul that he can. Not just seduce them in some means, but he wants to completely seduce them to his way of thinking. Greatly. The word beguiled means to be greatly deceived. Not just deceived, but greatly deceived. If Satan will deceive you, he's going to do it as great as he can. He's going to do it as powerful as he can. As mighty as he can. Because he don't want to lose you the second time. He can get you back. He can pull you back down. Those that he's been holding in bondage that's never got released from his grips, he's doing everything in his means to keep them bound. Amen. He'll defraud you in any way that he can. Don't do business with him. Don't, don't allow yourself to have any dealings with him. Why? Because he'll defraud you in any way he can. Yes. He wants to betray you. He's setting his sights right now to entice each of us that are in God's house tonight. If there's any way that we can be stolen back Away from God. And the biggest thing that he wants to defraud us the most of is the salvation that God has for this world. For all men and women. The salvation that God has, if he can defraud, if he can defraud us of salvation, he can keep you from getting salvation. And you won't get nowhere. But if you can ever get deliverance. You can ever receive God's deliverance. And get free from Him. He won't be able to. To bind you anymore. Or He'll come and try. His best to entice. And try to bring a seducing spirit somehow. Some way to you. He'll try His best. If you get a hold of true salvation and hold on to the Lord, He won't be able to pull you away. And the only ones He's able to do any work with at all is those that are unstable. To be unstable means to be unfixed. I don't want to be unfixed tonight. I want to be fixed. In the plan of the Lord's salvation. Amen. I want to be firmly fixed. He doesn't want you to be set. He wants you to be movable. He can move you. He'll try. Try his best. Why? Because he's crafted. And he's been crafted for ages and ages. Hasn't he? You ever notice someone that's uh, good at their craft? They didn't just start 
a week or a month or a year ago, if they're exceptionally good, they've been doing it for years. More than likely, you just don't pick up something and you're a master at it all of a sudden. But if you work at it, time and time again, you become a master craftsman. And of course, Satan, he's master of being crafty because he's had ages and ages to work on God's creation. And he ain't let up. He's still working. He's still working against us. How many believers today do you think that Satan has had his demons constantly, constantly taking an inventory of all their weakness? <clears throat> think about that thought for a little bit. How many believers today <coughs> do you think that he has had his demons constantly taking an inventory of all their weaknesses that he might bring a charge against you or against me or against any believer as he did with Job before God. See, because he is an accuser of the brethren. And he accuses any and all unstable souls before God night and day according to Revelations 12 and 10. He's doing it night and day. He don't have to rest either because he's a spiritual being. He's not flesh and blood like you and me. We can only go along so long and then we've got to rest. But he don't have to rest either. Night and day he's an accuser before God accusing the brethren. Because he don't like you. <laughs> You ever say it to yourself sometime? Satan, you don't like me. But my news to you is I don't like you. <laughs> so we both own mutual feelings, mutual grounds here. I don't like you and you don't like me. Amen. Amen. He has his demons constantly going about, taking an inventory. Of those that has weaknesses. And he takes those weaknesses and he goes before God the Father and he'll accuse before the Father all the brethren. This is their weakness. They don't love you. They might say it out of their lips, but they don't love you deep in their hearts. That's why it's not good for us to trust in any righteousness, not even in our own selves except the Lord Himself. Trust fully in His righteousness. From the beginning of time, Satan's been doing this. And you know what? He had not let up. He's not going to let up. He's not going to change. From the beginning of time, we're going to start out in Genesis 3 tonight. Very beginning of time, he's been trying to beguile souls, trying to lead souls astray, pull them away from God. 
most. He'll try his best. He knows that God loves you and me. He loves the sinner the most. He'll try his best to pull us away. And he'll try to keep the sinner in bondage as much as he can. Through great deception. Oh, you can't live that way. You can't live that way. You'll be able to walk that path. You're not that righteous. You can't live for God like someone might tell you you can live holy. Don't you believe that? You can't live that way. God said we can do it in His Word. We can do it. If we have liberty in God's Word, then we got the means to do it. It's up to you and I. It's a choice. It's a decision. Just like we discussed many weeks back. Why did God make evil? He's such a righteous God. Why did He make evil? Because He wanted you and I to have a choice. He didn't want us to be a robot. He didn't want us to be manipulated as a puppet on a string, so to speak. He wanted us to have a choice. Choose who we will serve. Who we will side with. But from the third chapter of Genesis, just going to skim through a few, then I'm going to come to the reading of some of them here in this chapter. But it says in the beginning of verse 1 that, that the serpent, that he was more subtle than any of the beasts of the field. So why do you think Satan decided to work through him? He was more subtle than any of the beasts of the field. Anything that God had made, the serpent was more subtle. And the serpent said unto the woman, said, Yes, hath God said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now notice how he's using God's words. He doesn't even use his own words. He'll use the things that God has said. Trying to use those words against God. And the woman said unto the serpent, well, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God said, you shall not eat thereof. He said, neither shall you even touch it. Is what she told the serpent. And the serpent said unto the woman. She said unto him, don't even touch it. Don't eat it. Don't touch it. Lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, said, you're not going to die. Liar! Liar! You're about to say this is one of some of his first lies that he started telling right off the bat. You ever heard someone that they're noticed to be a liar? And usually the first words out of their mouth is a lie. Start telling them something. 
<clears throat> Satan is a liar. He's the father of them, is what Jesus said. And he said, you're not surely going to die if you partake of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. Let alone touch it. You're not going to die. <laughs> said, for God knows that in the day that you eat thereof, that your eyes are going to be open. You know how crafty he is. He knows that when you touch it, put your hand on it, nothing changes. See, that's where it starts at. Put your hand on it, brother. I don't feel any different. Grab it first. Hold on. Put your hand on it, though, first. You know. He first wants you to touch things that are sinful. Once you feel comfortable with touching I don't feel anything different. Feel like everything's all right. Now go for it. Reach out and grab a hope to it. Sure enough. Partake of it. He knows that the day that you do that, your eyes are going to be open. And you're going to be as God's knowing good and evil. That sounds good to you. Sound like you're pretty smart. You know all about God. You're real smart. You know all about Him. Who you are telling me. And if I touch it. And reach out and partake of it. Then I'm, I'm going to become. As a God. You know there's a lot of deception today. In the world. People believing. In some religions that they are gods. Themselves. Now we're just the creation of God. We in no means. Or no God. By any means. We're just. A creation of God. And when the woman saw that the tree was so good for food. In other words, it was pleasant to look at. That was good for well, I know it must it must be good. It must be good. You ever walked up on a ripe pear tree? Or an orange tree. You just grab you one, you know, and peel it or cut it open or whatever. It was every bit what you expected. It's all. Mm. My mother, years ago, they lived down in Camden County in Kingsman. She planted an orange tree on the side of the house. Mm. And I'm telling you, that orange tree grew up very quick. And had some of the biggest navel oranges that you could imagine. I mean, those oranges were huge, weren't they? They were big. They weren't no little, little small oranges. They were big oranges. Some of you take your two hands and put around. The sweetest, best navel orange you'd want to tear into and eat. And Satan said, just as sure as you partake of that, you don't know the difference between good and evil. Go ahead. She thought, mm -hmm. it's good to look at. It's pleasant to the eye. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's a tree to be designed to make one wise. Go ahead, Satan says. Go ahead, take it. Go ahead and eat your son. She took the fruit thereof and did eat 
And it was so good, Sister Betsy. She said, Larry, you ain't going to believe how good this is. I want you to have some of it. <laughs> Larry says, no, not. no, no, you just don't know. This is, honey, this is delicious. This is, so, this is delicious. It's good. You can't get nothing like this down at Walmart. <laughs> he says, he says, well, give me one of them. Let me try. And the scripture says, and he did eat. And he ate. And as soon as he ate, both of them being in unison and unity with one another, what happened? The eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked. Hadn't paid attention to that, I don't guess, up to this point. But they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together, made themselves some aprons. And then here comes the disruption. Boy, everything is so calm and good. Everything's working for our good. Oh, man. Nothing's gone wrong. We just realized we were, we're naked. We need that cover ourselves. Everything seemed to be okay. Nothing's upset. And all of a sudden, the voice of God came walking through the garden. And the voice of God said, Adam! He said, Adam! Adam and Eve hid themselves. <coughs> And that's what sin does to people. People commit sin many times and they want to hide behind something because of the sin that they've committed. Knowing they've done wrong. If a person commits a sin, they know they've done wrong and they're around someone that's going to cause them to give an account of what they've done, they're going to try their best to hide from it. They knew when the voice of God started walking in the garden in the cool of the day, they was going to have to give an account of what they just done. He told them, don't do this. Eat of all the trees in the garden. But the one in the midst of the garden don't eat of it. Don't partake of it. Because in the day that you do, you're going to die. You're going to die. Oh, but Satan, so proud. So wise as he was, using God's words, sure, you're not going to die. Surely you're going to become as God. It does look good, don't it, Adam? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Blessed to the eye. Yeah. It's good. It's like it's good for you. I want some. Why didn't Adam slap her hand when she reached out to touch him? Move your hand, woman. Yeah. I think really he was, you know. Talk about the scripture and saying that Satan comes to the weaker vessel. In all actuality, the man was just as weak. 
He didn't put up a fight and said, no, Eve, you've done wrong. You've done wrong. But Satan will always begin his craft through a weaker vessel. He'll always begin his craft. His dirty work will come to a vessel that is weaker or unstable. That's just what he done. And God walked into the to the garden in the cool of the day and called out to Adam and they was hiding himself and he says, Where art thou? Where art thou? In verse 9, and he said, I heard the voice, or thy voice. Lord, I heard your voice speaking in the garden. And he said, I was afraid. Well, never before had he been afraid of God's voice talking to them and walking in the garden, speaking to them. But all of a sudden, now he is afraid. He said, because I was naked, I hid myself. Now, it wasn't. That was, that was a lie that Adam told him. Because I was naked, I hid myself. You wouldn't hid from God. Naked or clothed, mm -hmm. with your apron on, you wouldn't hid from God. He saw where you was at. He saw where your life was. He said, Adam, who told you that you was naked? <laughs> who told you that you were naked? He said, have you eaten of the tree that I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Is that what you're doing, Adam? Trying to get Adam to confess. Adam said, the woman? <laughs> Come on, Adam, confess your sin. The woman? <laughs> Help me out here, sisters. <laughs> the woman you gave he said the serpent she said the God and I did it what did the serpent do well he just led her astray he greatly deceived her he defrauded her Yes, he did. He betrayed her. He enticed her to draw near to it, to keep her eyes on it, to stay focused on that tree, that one tree in the garden when they had multiple trees in the garden that they could eat from. But that one tree that you're not to partake of, why is it that Satan will tempt a person so greatly in the area of there's a lot of things that a person can do, but this one thing don't do. And that's the very thing that he'll tempt you. <clears throat> and he'll use whatever weakness in your life that he can use to entice you away from God. He'll use God's Word in the process of telling you you know that God loves you. God is not going to destroy you. He's not going to destroy you. He loves you. He made you. 
I've heard people say, you know, besides God didn't make junk. Well, no, God ain't made junk. He made us out of dust of the earth. Breathing through our nostrils, we become a living soul. No, God ain't made junk. We're made in the likeness of His image. Because we're a living soul, like God. We become a living soul. That soul's going to live on, though this body won't. That soul's going to live on. Amen. Until God makes a transformation with this body one day. But he thought nothing seemed to change. Until Adam ate. When Adam ate, their eyes was open. Here they are naked. We've got to clothe ourselves. Of course, the God steps into the garden. Where are you? They hiding. Why are you hiding? Because we're naked. <laughs> we're naked. He said, no, ain't why you hide. People's got a lot of excuses today why they've seen. But those excuses are not going to stand up before God on this day of judgment. They're not going to stand up. That's true. Well, I just didn't have all that I need. I provided all that you needed. You wouldn't accept it. You don't want it. You ever talk to people that has a struggle saying, yeah, it's just a struggle for me to serve God? You know why it's a struggle? <clears throat> just a baby. They don't fully want to serve God. That's right. They want to half-hearted, like straddle the fence, maybe. You speak in. Well, I, I like the things of God. I like things that I feel. You know, I like, I like how things makes me feel when I'm around God's people. In God's house, but no, I like the things of the world. I like the pleasures mm -hmm. in the world too. Well, you can't serve two masters. Mm -hmm. Love the one, cling to him, and hate the other. You can't serve two masters. Where are you, Adam? Adam had sinned against God. Adam had fallen. He had disobeyed the command of God not to eat of the tree in the midst of the garden. And he said, the woman gave me the fruit and I ate thereof. Adam, you're just as guilty as she is. How many people today are still using a blame game just like Adam? Well, because of my spouse, I'd serve God what I don't know how many hundreds of people I told that through the years to them. I said, your spouse ain't got anything to do with it. If you want to serve God, you can serve God. You can serve Him with your spouse or without your spouse. He can go to church or she can go to church with you or without you. But you can serve God if you want to. Be like one woman back many, many years ago Back in the 60s, they was having a tent revival in one of our churches. She was told by her husband, you better not go to church tonight. When I get in from work, you better have my supper on the table and you better be at home. And she said, I'm going to go to the revival down the road here. You better not. You better have my supper on the table and be at home. And I get there. She thought, she's in her conviction. She thought, I've got to go. Tonight's my night. I'm ready to surrender my life to the Lord. Sure enough, she went, surrendered her life to the Lord. Stood up to all the crime. 
evangelist and pastor said, Sister, what is it? What's wrong? He said, I'm a little hesitant and afraid to go home. He said, my husband warned me not to go home. Not to come back. Mm -hmm. If I come to this revival, if I come down here, that I was supposed to be home tonight. Not leave the house. And have him supper ready. He said, I cooked the supper and left it on the table. But I'm afraid of what I'm going to face when I go there. That's all right. So let's have prayer. Call attention to the church. Let's have prayer for this sister. That God has saved her husband. You know, he's so dominant in her life. They laid hands on her and on her and prayed for her. She come in from the revival service a little bit late and the husband sitting on the doorsteps with his face on his hands like that on his knees. She opened the gate of the yard there and started in. Got to the doorstep and he said a word to her. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of looked over the top of his head walked on into the house. Went in there to the kitchen saw where he had ate. Began to put up the food and wash the dishes. She quietly prepared herself went to bed. After a while she heard the front door open and slam. He come in, come to the bedroom, got in the bed, laid down beside. She thought, well, I hope you'll go to sleep. <laughs> laid there for a while, and after a little bit, he began to hit her with his elbow. <laughs> she said, What is it? Mmm, 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 mmm. <laughs> What's wrong? Mmm, 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 mmm. She got up, turned on the light, said, what's the problem? Are you hurting? Are you sick? Or whatever. <laughs> she laid hands on him and began to pray for him. He got saved. <laughs> God had just given him a long jaw and he couldn't open his mouth. <laughs> That's a true story. It's a true story. He couldn't open his mouth. God give him lockjaw. Mm. <laughs> if she had listened to her husband, she'd have stayed at home, took the supper, and went, you know, she went to bed after afterwards and took care of him and gone to bed and went But she didn't. She's under conviction with God. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of souls out there tonight that's lost in the world. Some of them's our family. Some of them don't know the Lord. By no means. Some of them's never been saved. Some of them may have been saved and they've gone back on the Lord. But sin is sin. Right. It is. Yes. It's sin. It's going to take any soul <clears throat> to hell. That's going to be the end result. End of the pathway will be destruction for any sin. But it will be different for the child of God. It'll be a heavenly, heavenly bliss, a heavenly place to rejoice and spend eternity. But it won't be for the sinner. And Satan's doing his best to beguile souls. He's trying to lead souls astray. And those that, that have any weakness, he plays up on those weaknesses. And he uses those weaknesses to, to work against them by lying to them, by telling them a bunch of lies and telling them things, you know, things about God that, that God really don't love them. And if he loved them, things wouldn't be so hard on them that they are. Just fills their minds full of lies. But he's a liar, liar, liar. Mm -hmm. 
a person will cry out to the Lord, they'll call on the Lord, or they can find that deliverance. They can find that help of salvation that they need. This a matter. It's a personal choice. A personal choice of that person calling out to the Lord. And it comes down to every individual. It's a personal choice as to whether or not you want to surrender your life to the Lord. Or you want to stay in bondage. You want to stay in the, the, under the, the means of, of just being destroyed. Your life being a mess or being a wreck from day to day. Just being tortured. Being in torment. Because God is ready. He's ready to give deliverance to those that are ready to receive deliverance. He's ready to give deliverance to those that will call out to Him and will turn to Him for help. <clears throat> Amen. Every soul that Satan tries to beguile, every soul that does not have the strength of God to sustain them or the strength of God to, to be dependent on Him, or He'll Bring them down and destroy them. And he has nothing. Satan has nothing to offer any individual. You read the word of God and see what he has to offer. Oh, we can go back and say, well, the pleasures of sin for a season. Yeah, you can have pleasures for a little while, but it's for a moment. But it's nothing. It ain't something that he's offering you. It's because of your sin against God. Amen. He's just trying to deceive you to the part that you're thinking, boy, this is good. I enjoy doing this thing. And you don't because it's making you sick. It's breaking down your bodies. It's destroying you physically. Piece by piece, little by little, He'll break you down. He'll bring us down to try to destroy us if He can. Only those that are dependent fully on the Lord can say no. No! To Satan. Give me hints, Satan. But if you don't have the strength, if you don't have the means through the Lord to do that, then you can't push him away from you. You can't cause him to flee from you. Only if we have the means of the Lord's help. Well, the Lord moving aside. The Lord is stepping to the side. Amen. And if the Lord speaks to him to move, you have to move. But you know for this, you know for sure that day and night, oh, he's constantly going all over this world with his demons, seeing those that are weak, those that don't fully trust in the Lord, those that aren't totally committed to Christ. Those that have sold out completely to Him. If there's any area of weakness in their life. If there's anything that is unrest in their life. He's going to use that. He's going to work with that. Oh, He's going to try to get in and do His evil working. He's going to try to bring His great deception. And causing you to step away from God. He'll do it through your husband through your wife, through your children, your grandchildren. He'll use, he don't, he don't care. He don't love anyone. He'll use any means. And when we, if, if you know the say, say a wife and her husband not saved, if, if Satan, if he allows Satan to use him, 
You can't say, well, I hate him, I hate. You have to hate Satan. You know, you have to hate the one that's trying to work through his life to divide you and separate you. The same with your children. He'll try to turn your children into little demons herself. Get them just as mean as they can be. Just, they rebel against you. Anything you try to teach them and tell them. You tell them something they want to pitch a fit, you know. You let them pitch a fit. You might be adding to the pitch fit. <laughs> the fit that they'll have. But if you give them a little bit of discipline, <laughs> hey, it'll take from time to time like the Lord does us. Sometimes we might want to pitch a fit with the Lord, but He'll give us a little bit of discipline and give us some correction. Yeah, I don't think I want to do that again. No. And like some discipline you got coming up and I got coming up from our parents, there was things when they told us don't do, we learned you don't do those things. And when God tells us not to do things, He commands us not to do this. Adam and Eve both were commanded not to partake of this tree that was in the midst of the garden, but they did. They did it. Don't partake of that fruit. Under no means don't do it. Because the very thing that's going to happen is you're going to die. Satan is master and he says, you ain't going to die. Yeah, you're going to become like God. Yeah. Still doing that today to all souls. To all souls that will listen to it. Two more verses of Scripture before I close here. 2 Peter 2 and 14. I like how the Lord ended up there with, with the serpent. He told the serpent in verse 15. I like what he did to the serpent because Satan used the serpent. I said because of what Satan had done to the serpent. See, he put enmity between being the woman and between her seed between thy seed and her seed. And he said there, said, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Shall bruise his heel. Oh, I'm glad that the prophecy of her seed was mentioned there. That there was going to come a greater Adam besides the Adam that had been placed in the garden at this point. A greater Adam is coming. And when he told the serpent there in, in uh, 14, he said, you're, you're going to crawl on your belly and you're going to eat the dust from days on in. That's what you're going to get from days on in. From now on out, you're going to get the dust. There. You're going to crawl on your belly. That's what you're going to do. <coughs> and in 2 Peter 2 and 14, and 15, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of man and of the Zohar, who love the wages of unrighteousness. Peter's talking about false teachers. Just reading those two verses. 
He's talking about false teachers that have come in among us. Among God's people, beguiling unstable souls, doing much unrighteousness. They themselves forsaken the right way. Satan knows those that he can bring in and use among God's people to bring disruption. And he'll use every unstable soul that he can to do that. Why do some churches sometimes you say have so much trouble and so much problem? Because there's some in the congregation that Satan is using that's unstable. And there's a lot of trouble that's brewing in the congregation. If there's troubles today in a congregation that's causing division, it's because Satan's in the midst and he's beguiled some unstable souls, some souls that are weak, that are not fully dependent on the Lord as they may be saying out of their mouths that they are. But they're not fully trusting in Him. In any weakness, Satan can get and use. And one of his demons is using that to divide God's people, to separate God's people, to hinder God's people. Because they've forsaken the right way. And they love unrighteousness. It's because of what Satan's done in their heart. How he has fixated their hearts to do such. Amen. Somewhere or another, they didn't get their hearts fixed completely on the Lord. Somewhere or another, they allowed Satan to get in between them and God and begin to hinder their walk. And begin to hinder their trust. And they begin to listen to his lies. That he's very crafty and very smart to speak. All the things that God says. You don't have to do all those things you were saying this morning. You don't need to be in the house of God on a regular basis. Or you don't need to be praying on a regular basis. You, you, you know, you got other things to do. You don't need to take time and, and, and read God's Word and see what His Word will, will speak to you and, and, you know, and, and give you some help for the day. Give you some nourishment from that. You don't have to do that. No. God loves you. He knows you're busy. He knows you're doing all this. You don't have to do all those things that God says in His Word that you have to do. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. And if we don't do them, it will be our fate. It will be our downfall. Yes, it will. God has declared for us to do. He said things I command you to do, you better do it. He commanded Adam and Eve, and they failed Him. How? Because Eve become unstable. Listening to the serpent. He beguiled her. He led her astray. Listening to the wrong voice will lead you astray every time. You listen to the wrong voice. How many wants to find an answer sometimes for some sin? Just John that they may be involved in. You know what? They'll go to someone that agreed with Go with something and someone agree. You know, do you think this is wrong? Do you think this is sinful? No, no, no. Well, you know, someone or some my church or my pastor sometimes may say this is sinful. This is wrong. No, no, you know that ain't no, there's a lot of people that do that. There's a lot of people that do that and you know go to church and live for the Lord. Do that. Listen to the wrong voice. Amen. To the wrong voice. Amen. Eve listened to the wrong voice. Adam listened to the wrong voice. He should have said, no, not so. We can't do this. Peter said, 
Oh yeah, Satan's crafty. He's working with unstable souls. And he'll lead those to destruction. He'll lead those to destruction. That Those that are unstable will come in and, and they'll unrest the whole flock. They'll disturb the whole flock if they can do it. And they'll cause others to go astray. Why? Because it, they, they love the unrighteous wages. The unrighteous wages. Now I know. I say we take a stand and believe what the Lord wants us to live. Let's cling close to Him. Closing here with Colossians. Paul writing to the Colossians 2nd chapter and verse 4. He says, And this I say, lest by any means, or lest by any man, should beguile you with enticing words. Is any man come along to beguile you with enticing words. Well, but George, you don't have to do that to be saved. You want to take a drink? Go ahead and take a drink. Mm -hmm. You ain't going to be lost. Mm -hmm. You ain't going to backslide. Mm -hmm. Want to have a little enjoyment? Go ahead and have it. The Lord bless you. Paul said, For though I be absent in the flesh, he said, Yet I'm with you in the spirit. He said, I'm joined and beholding your word and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. I'm always praying for you and I'm rejoicing for your faith and your steadfastness. He said, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him. Amen. Don't turn away from anything that He declares that He speaks to you. And He said, do it this way. He said, walk with Him rooted. Walk with Him being built up. Being built up in verse 7. And as you've been taught, he says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Give the Lord the praise. Amen. Give him the praise for the victory that you have. Give him praise for the love that you're experiencing. And he said, Beware, verse 8, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. In verse 18, last scripture said, Let no man beguile you of your reward. How many knows tonight that you've got a good reward in front of you? Yes, I haven't received it yet, but it's in front of me. I'm looking to receive it. He said, In a voluntary humanity, worshiping angels. Don't let any man beguile you of your reward, of your reward in the voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he have not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Yes, some can come in, some will come around, and Satan send them around and tell you, ah, oh, you got the liberty to do this and the liberty to do that. If you want to do it, because God is love. He sure loves you. Have it your way. There's been a lot of souls to see tonight. Because Satan convinced them that it's alright for you to have it your way. You got to listen to the preacher, the teacher. You got to listen to what they're telling you. They're not God. They're not God. 
They don't know everything. They just telling you what they know or what they believe. You ain't got to believe like me. That's a big lie that Satan would use on a lot of people. You don't have to believe like me. I've told people through the years that I've shared the scripture with them. I said, you don't have to believe like me. You don't have to believe anything like what I believe. But you have to believe this scripture. What it says to you. You don't have to believe anything the way I believe. But you have to believe what this scripture says. And if you don't believe what this scripture says, you're going to be damned. You're going to be lost. Amen. You're not going to have fellowship with him if you don't believe what the scripture says. Yeah, they some come around and beguile souls that are unstable. They'll tell you, oh man, you know, I've had this experience with the Lord. I, God has blessed me. God has done so many wonderful things in my life. Oh, He's used me abundantly. I've had experiences with angels. Boy, I've had some, I mean, some holy places that I, I've enjoyed with the Lord. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the whole time. Yeah. Because Satan's good. He's good at lying. And if he gets you to believe a lie, then he'll cause you to be damned. And he'll try to get you to cause others to believe a lie that you believe. Now, the lie that you now believe, get others to believe that. But the truth is the only thing that can help this church. You know the truth tonight. Don't ever give it up. Don't ever surrender. Don't ever let go of the truth. Clutch it with all your physical, spiritual strength that you can clutch it. Amen. Get a hold of God and don't let go. Hold on. Because He's soon coming. It's going to be quicker than all of us believe. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus.